0: I wonder what we're going to talk about today. We are a little over 24 hours away from one of the funnest times in the NBA. Other than free agency season, other than draft season, it is the NBA trade deadline coming at Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Where's everybody going to go? What teams are going to sell? What teams are going to buy? Isn't that what every single podcast and article is asking at this moment? And the funny thing is, I don't think anybody's tired of it. I don't think anybody can get enough of it until things actually happen. What's up, guys? Keeping it 94. Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz, bringing you another episode as a part of the basketballnews.com podcast network. Have you had enough yet? Or are you still Are you still getting into that mode?
1: This is what we do as not only people that cover the NBA, but people that are fans of the sport. This is what we do in that we're always super excited about what could happen. It's not about what actually is happening. It's about what could happen. That's why I always talk about for free agency in the offseason. It's always the hope of what can happen with my team. And it's kind of a different kind of hope now with the trade deadline, but everybody just wants to see moves. They want to see big names. They want to see splashy names. They want to see deals go down. And, you know, most of the time, you know, it's not going to be as hot and heavy as everybody makes it out to be, but everybody loves the scuttlebutt. They love the rumors. They love the talk that's behind it. And they want to see if anything is actually going to happen. And, you know, we're sitting here about 24 hours before the actual trade deadline, and there's plenty of rumors going around.
0: Yep. Yep. And we've talked about this for the last three podcasts. (laughs) We've been the trade deadline podcast for everybody to listen to. Uh, The funny thing is, is during the season, I usually hate this stuff. And during the off season, I especially hate this stuff because we're always looking towards the future, always looking towards the future, never can stay in the present, what teams are doing and, you know, how they're accomplishing these things. But when injuries happen, when coaching changes happen, when teams you know clearly need that extra boost or that extra push to get to the level that they want to get to then that's when these things have some validity to them and these these talks and these rumblings have some validity to them so we're going to have a whole list for our listeners to hear us kind of you know break down the the most positive rumors uh or you know the most uh you know talked about rumors I guess you could say And um, it'll be similar to our podcast uh, from a a couple weeks ago when we were coming out of the all-star break and we just hopped right onto the trade deadline stuff there. And what, and what do you know, some things that, you know, that, that did go down uh, like Trevor Ariza, we mentioned before, um, you know, we're going to have a bunch of, of buyout candidates coming out of this deadline. Um, So there's going to be plenty of names on the move. They might not be the flashiest or the sexiest, but, you could see names like, you know, Ahami Diallo, who got moved from the Thunder to Detroit um, recently. Uh, you know, like th- those types of of moves are going to be plentiful. So
1: what was the minor um, move the Clippers made to open up a roster spot?
0: Uh, they just tri- uh, traded uh, Fiondu Cabangeli over to the Kings, I believe it was. Yes. So they opened a roster spot there. Um
1: and that sounded alarms. Everybody's like, what? What could yep. the Clippers be doing? Who are they adding? Oh, my goodness. Something's going down.
0: Creating some flexibility.
1: I, I always love cap flexibility. That was a running joke that I had when I worked in sports radio that we always said the hottest free agent going every year is cap flexibility.
0: Yep. Yep. No, I I, I agree. And it's really important to be able to, you know, not be penalized uh, or have to wait till a certain date uh, to sign an extra guy on a ten-day or, you know, whatever contract, because that's what the Clippers were hamstrung by. And now that they're, you know, not in that cap trouble anymore, they're allowed to sign guys or trade, you know, for multiple guys to take up rocks, roster spots. So I do agree with you kind. though
1: that there is so much talk when it comes to free agency and potential trades, rather than talking about the now, because <laughs> there, there there's so much. People don't talk about games as much as they probably should because no, the games, why we watch this, it's fun and everything and too much. And it's not the NBA is not the only sport that's guilty of this. Probably the most guilty it's of the it most up.
0: popular sport it's, that's guilty of it. Yes.
1: <laughs> and that everybody, it seems like there is just such a heightened awareness about it when it comes. Handshake
0: to, happens after a game and yeah. there's the eye emoji. Oh, LaMelo's going to the Lakers. Cause he, cause he he shook LeBron's hand or something stupid like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, just, just the the trade talk and the free agency is, is just so overblown rather than people talking about the, the actual action that happens on the court and you know, why we like sports and why we love the NBA.
0: Yeah. It's, it's exhausting through uh, an annual period, but when it comes to around the deadline time, I admittedly do get excited for it. I get excited. And, and by same, you same know, goes for free agency yeah. and the draft, all that stuff, when it's time, I get excited for it. But when it's the only thing we're talking about, I just kind of loathe the, all the conversations yeah. and the rumors and all that stuff.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody. And you know, this because for anybody that, uh, uh, you know, is was in our Slack or whenever I'm putting together our little topic sheet for the podcast. And I'm just rattling off like a bunch of stuff. That's, And I don't even have to look it up. It's like off the top of my head because I'm following it so close. And you could do that, too. But it's like (laughs) there's just so much stuff that I'm (laughs) rattling off, you know, and and little little nuggets that we drop during the week in slack and stuff like, hey, has anybody seen this? Doesn't this kind of look strange? Or did you hear about this one yet? You know, so there's there's plenty to always talk about.
0: No question. All right. Before we get into all of these little nuggets uh, and rumors and rumblings, whatever you want to call them. I am on Twitter at spin Davies. Brian's on Twitter at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram at spin Davies and he's on Instagram at it's Brian Fritz. And once again, we are a part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. Make sure to go check out our website. We've got so much good stuff going on right now. Uh, player features, uh, interviews, firsthand perspectives. Uh, and, and not to mention too, uh, because it's deadline season, we have round tables going up every day until the the trade deadline, and we've had two come out already. We have another one coming out on Wednesday evening, and then right before the deadline there on Thursday, we will have our last one. So there will be four of our roundtables just kind of surveying our staff and getting their thoughts and what they're hearing around the league. So make sure you go check that out.
1: And I I got a feeling that, and I don't know this for a fact, but I can guarantee that yourself and Alex and some other people are going to have some special coverage Right around the NBA trade deadline, especially if some deals go down.
0: Perfect. Yeah. No, that's a perfect segue too. Uh, that I forgot to mention. On Thursday from noon to four Eastern, we will be on live Twitter. We will be streaming uh a, a live live uh a live stream, and it will include myself, Alex Kennedy, Nikias Duncan, Imana Don, and Matt Babcock. So make sure you go and check us out there. We're gonna have some guests popping in and out. Uh, And we're going to just be reacting in in real time to the rumors that are coming out and, and whatever trades may happen. uh, We will have our legitimate live reactions to those uh, as they happen. Spencer, can you
1: guys get up to nine people? I want the Brady bunch box. Oh no. I want the Brady bunch box. Come on. We won't be doing that. We won't be doing that. Can we at least get you in the big box?
0: Oh God. I don't know what box I'm going to end up in, but whatever a box I end up in, I'll be okay (laughs) with it. I think. All right, Brian, let's start. Actually, it is your Lakers uh, that have been talked about a lot. We did not address this, but LeBron suffered a high ankle sprain against the Hawks last weekend, uh, and he's out indefinitely uh, with that injury. So uh, with that and with Anthony Davis, the Lakers are clearly, you know, I wouldn't say floundering, but they're struggling uh, without their two best players. Oh, my gosh. What a surprise.
1: Um, I would say they're crashing.
0: So in your eyes, you say we've, we've heard rumors surrounding Contavious Caldwell Pope so far, and you were putting in the Slack chat, all of the stuff that you've seen about him unfollowing the Lakers on Instagram and following the Lakers haters page on Instagram. Uh, And then we've also heard kind of some, some things surrounding Montrezl Harrell, uh, which is quite surprising to me, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, But it seems like they're targeting or or want to go after a, a big man, more in a traditional sense, uh, with more size and the ability to protect the rim and, and rim run and using you know, screen and roll situations. And maybe that would come at the price of, of a Montrez Harrell. I don't know. I'm not exactly plugged in on that end. But um, let's start with your Lakers. And uh, why don't you tell me what you feel should happen and what will
1: happen. Well, you know, in the offseason, uh, Rob Polinka, the Lakers GM, had said he didn't want to bring back the same team. He wanted to shake it up. I was surprised he shook it up as much as he did in that the Lakers identity last season when they won the championship was size matters. They were a very, very big team because they had Dwight Howard, they had JaVale McGee, and they had Anthony Davis. And obviously, you know, McGee lost his minutes and, and Dwight to some extent, lost minutes when it came to the playoffs and when it came to shortening your rotation and um, just different matchups that you're going to have. But with that, the Lakers had a certain identity because of that size and also what those guys did off the court because last year's Laker team was very, very close. And I was surprised that they didn't try to run it back a little bit more, that they made those moves, but they wanted to sacrifice a little defense for some offense. And that's why they made the move of getting Marcus Gasol and they got Montres Harrell. Um, I, I was, and I, and I look at it now and I almost wonder not necessarily if they have buyer's remorse, but it was such a drastic change and we'll have to see what was going to happen for the playoffs for this team. Because like I said, they're sacrificing some defense and I think you're seeing that now. And you know, when it comes to, to Harold, they're having to depend on him a lot for offense because LeBron is out because Gasol is out because Anthony Davis is out. Um, that being said. I'm not overly surprised that he might be mentioned in trade talks, and I don't know if he's going to be moved, and i kind of say no, but I'm not surprised simply because it's all about getting to the playoffs and what the matchup's going to be there. And I don't know if they look at him as being a great matchup because they can make up the offense if if Davis is healthy and and LeBron's healthy. So they need interior defense, and that is not Harrell's specialty. Plus, you know, Lakers are going to be running into a huge payroll problem coming up next season because – um, You know, Kuzma deal hits, um, Anthony Davis's new deal hits. They got to pay Schroeder. They got to pay uh, Caruso if they want to keep him. If they want to keep uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, they're going to have to pay him, even though he's a restricted free agent. But, you know, he might demand $10 million a year or more. And they would have to pay Montrez Harrell if they want to keep him. So it it could make some sense that they want to make a move now. And the other part of this, too, is I think the Lakers feel very, very confident that they're going to be able to add at least one big when it comes to um guys that get let loose here. Okay. You know, from the right. contract. So I think I think they feel very confident. And the and all the talk around the league is that the Lakers are getting Andre Drummond, that he is going to get bought out, and the Lakers are going to get him. They're not going to find a trade partner. There's already talked that Brooklyn has said, you know, we've got Blake Griffin. We're not as interested in, in Drummond. Not to
0: mention Nick Claxton. Right. God.
1: And then and then Drummond is out in LA right now training. And so mm-hmm. there's so that makes, you know, Montrez a little bit more expendable. Um, and, you know, and from a big standpoint. Um, right now, I mean, there's a, there's some offense, obviously they'd be losing there, but you know, I I'm of the opinion though, because then I know like Harold got talked about maybe in the deal with Charlotte, not exactly sure what would be involved there. The KCP rumors, um, he just signed a three-year $40 million extension and he was a big part of their postseason run, but you know, after the first five or six weeks of this season, he has struggled to hit shots. So I can understand that, um, even though I don't know who's sitting out there going, you know, I could go for some two years of, uh, you, know, you know, $28 million with the KCP considering his struggles. But, you know, Frank Vogel even said on uh, Tuesday night after the Lakers game, like, this is our team, and I believe that we can win with this team. You know, so I don't think he's expecting big trades. There could be plenty of talk when it comes to the Lakers. I think that they're doing their due diligence around. I don't think they're going to be making any trades. I think any trade would be a minor one for like a minimum player. And I think they will be very heavily involved on the buyout market with Andre Drummond being front and center on their wish list.
0: Okay. Uh, Should we stick on Andre Drummond? Yes, please. Just because. Okay. So I'm, you know, obviously understanding what Andre Drummond's contract is 28.7 million. How many times do we have to repeat it? Not easy to find a single team that can take him on in a one-on-one deal, have to probably get multiple teams involved. And that's what I've heard. Okay. Uh, the Cavs are going to be looking for a multi-team partner in order to make this happen. Now there is incentive for Andre Drummond, once again, uh, I bring attention to this, to be traded because the team he'd be traded to would be able to possess his bird rights and would be able to sign him into extension right there. Um, and also, the, the, you know, the, the rebuttal to that that I've also heard is, why do bird rights matter? It's not really that much. He's not going to command that much money. The reason that this matters and that teams would be incentivized to trade for Andre Drummond instead of do the buyout thing is because how do they know they could beat out the Lakers? Say, say the Knicks want Andre Drummond, for example, does, do, do they have the confidence that they can get Andre Drummond on the buyout market over the Lakers? Say the Hornets want Andre Drummond. Do they have the confidence that they can beat out the Lakers in that situation? Because Drummond, if he gets bought out, you know he's going to a championship contender. There's no question. But a team like the Knicks, a team like the Hornets, you know, that's where the incentive comes in. So there are, you know, arguments and counterarguments and counterarguments to those counterarguments uh, in this situation. But I firmly believe that Andre Drummond will probably get traded. And it will happen in a three team or a four team deal. That's just my opinion. This is speculative. This is not a report of any sort. But with that, with that detail in there, because if if he gets bought out, he's immediately going to Los Angeles. There's no other place for him to go. The Nets are obviously out now because they have again Blake Griffin. They they brought in Nick Claxton. Looks great. So there there'd be no reason for Andre Drummond to be there. Um, and, and so in this case. I just, I see him getting traded because a team that wants to get pushed over the edge says, okay, we have some assets. We have some guys that aren't in the rotation. We have cap space to bring a a guy like this in. Why not use it? And that, that's just, that's just my opinion. I, I personally believe he ends up with someone like the Knicks. That, that's, I've been, you know, pounding that drum, uh, for, for quite some time now, ever since, uh, you know, Drummond made that request. Um,
1: but that, there definitely really has been sense. more and more talk around the league by some people that say Drummond to the Lakers is a done deal. Now, I say that with the caveat, though, that the Cavs consider me saying we're still trying to find a trade partner because it's to our benefit to do that as well, to at least get something for him. Yeah,
0: but- they don't really care too much about what they get back in this situation. Um, it's more about, you know, uh, you know, Gaining any sort of asset that they can.
1: Yeah. And without taking on, without taking back too much money.
0: Exactly. They don't want to take on much long term money. They have extensions with Colin Sexton coming up. They have to pay Jared Allen in the summer. So it wouldn't make sense to bring back a huge contract. Right. But, but the guys that they take swings on, you know, uh, it, it makes sense for a Kevin Knox or a Frank Nilekina, uh to come aboard. Those players that don't have a spot in their current rotation or could use a change of scenery, makes sense. And, you know, be known to my understanding, the last two years, Kobe Altman's done something that none of us have expected, right? So the reputation for me feels, it feels like he's going to be able to, to make magic happen in this situation. Yeah.
1: So when it comes to the Lakers, I think the biggest moves that they could make is if they can get, and I've joked about this, but at the same time, I was serious over the last couple of podcasts they could do something for like a Wayne Ellington, you know, to get somebody that's a pretty good shooter, you know, on their roster. I think Andre Drummond is the top of their list. If they can't get Drummond because he gets traded um, and that whoever trades for him, they're not just going to you know buy him out. They're not going to let him walk. I think at that point the Lakers are looking on the buyout market or even if they could do it before then, maybe a trade for like a Hassan Whiteside. I think on the buyout market, maybe – a name I haven't heard of, but I kind of wondered would be available on bio possibly would be Robin Lopez. Okay. Um, because I mean, what's he going to do in Washington? He's on a one-year deal. I could see him saying, Hey, just buy me out. And, and
0: they're tail spinning right now too. So, you yeah, know, no, I- he
1: could, he could go to a contender. So I, I think that's what we're looking. I mean, but if you're looking for the Lakers to sit there and say, well, they're going to take KCP and Montrez and they're going to take, a end swing up
0: with at- Victor Oladipo.
1: Yeah. I take a swing of Victor. I just don't see that happening. I mean, if, it was funny because, you know, I like to play around with the trade machine and I was swinging different deals like, all right. So they get PJ Washington and they end up with someone else. You know, it's like, you come up with these things. It's like, okay, but does that really make sense for every team involved? Like how, how does this work? I mean, if there was something that was there that made sense where the Lakers said, okay, this helps us in the now, plus it helps us money in the future. I could see it, but I, I just doubt it. I I think the Lakers are like, once we get LeBron back, once we get Anthony Davis back, we will be fine. The difference is instead of being a one, two, or three seed in the West, we're going to be the six, seven, or eight seed, and we're going to possibly have to do the play in tournament. And, oh but, it, but it, I mean, The we believe
0: Lakers. I can't there's no way I can deal with that. I mean I could not deal with that.
1: Here's the thing that I wonder about when it comes to the Lakers, okay? Because I think everybody's gonna have all the confidence in the world that they are healthy come the playoffs when it comes to their chances of getting into, you know, of still winning a championship. But I do wonder like how much, you know, with those guys being away, how much does that hurt chemistry in the meantime? And how much does it hurt confidence? Because we always talk about like when a star player is gone, other people have to step up and they, they're asked to do different roles. And if they're asked to do that role and if they feel comfortable in it or they start um, picking up their game, that's a good thing for when the star player comes back. Well, the Lakers are proving that um, they can fall flat on their face in the meantime while their star players are gone. And that's what we've seen so far. And I'm getting to a point where I'm starting to go Hmm, what is the longest losing streak a team that's won a championship has ever had in the same season? Because the Lakers are going into a free-for-all and they've got some tough games coming up. I mean, there's there are some games that are easier and they they have to win those games now if they want to make sure that they're, you know, above an eight seed at this point. Um, and I don't think anybody's gonna be surprised if like, you know, they go five and ten over the next 15. That might be a positive the way that they're playing right now.
0: All right. Another name that was actually linked to the Lakers that I saw. uh, And we're kind of going a little opposite direction here now. We're going to head over to Toronto and over to Norman Powell. Norman Powell. Oh, my goodness. Start. Okay. Starter Norm. As I feel like we were one of the first ones to mention how good he was playing as a starter uh, early in the season and noticing those splits. And when you look at his numbers, this dude's averaging basically 20 points a game and he's shooting 43% from deep, almost a 50% from the field. This guy is drawing a lot of interest. So that said, do you feel like because the Raptors are also doing their own free fall and have lost, I believe, 10 out of 11 now?
1: And they are in sell mode, it looks like.
0: Well, yeah, that was what I was going to ask, is with Norman on this expiring deal and known to draw all this attention, do you feel like, and it's not an expiring deal, but he has a player option next year. He's going to decline that at this right. point. Uh What do you feel they do with him? Uh, where would be a good fit for him?
1: I can think of about 10 different teams that would be a good fit for Norm Powell the way that he's shooting the ball this year. I think it just comes down to the appetite for said team to uh, want to pay him in the future and make sure that he will want to resign because I, you almost want to have that assurance if you're going to give up quality for Norm Powell. I mean, otherwise, I mean, you don't want to give up too much for a guy you know who's going to walk. Like, how much do you think he's going to get on the open market next year? <sighs>
0: At I mean, least fifteen, right? He's look. He's looking at at least eighteen to twenty, to me.
1: Yeah, that's a that's what the I way he's think. playing. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, you you've got to be able to say, hey, he's going to stay, and we want to pay him that money. Um, but I mean, if he keeps playing at the rate that he's playing at right now, um, I think there's a lot of teams that would be interested in him. I mean, uh, yeah, the Lakers could be tied to him, but I mean, I think the Nuggets would be a good fit for him. Um, I, I could probably run down like ten different teams. I mean, Let's say
0: who can use a, you know, who can use a guy who can shoot and play decent defense and is in the prime of his career, right? Well, you know, the, he great. he doesn't have that much size, so you're looking at someone who's who's a, a basically just a straight up shooting guard, right?
1: Right. Um, but there and, but and, and, there's not a lot of shooting guards like pure shooting guards in the NBA these days. Right. I mean, so I mean, there's there's plenty of places that would be interested in this guy, um, and are interested in him right now. it's funny because like we hear rumors about him like the raptors are definitely going to trade him that's been kind of the room but like i don't think there's really been any teams exclusively tied to him yet yeah but i think any contender would be interested in him
0: i agree i think i think he'd be a good fit in dallas and that's just me talking out loud yes i i i feel like dallas would be perfect for him i don't know um okay so sticking with the raptors uh kyle lowry That's been the popular name. That's been probably the most popular name outside of Victor Oladipo, and I'm sure we'll get into Victor Oladipo as well. But Kyle Lowry, uh, he is pretty much certain to be moved at the deadline in some way. And uh, the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers seem to be those top options. But uh, it's being reported uh, around the league. I believe it was Keith Pompey of uh, the Inquirer. That said that wherever Kyle Lowry goes, he's expecting a two-year $25 million extension. Per year. So per year, yes.
1: Yeah. So he wants two so, years 50 million, which is a little bit more than I thought maybe he would
0: get. That's quite a bit for a guy who's who's his age.
1: Right. But uh, he can still so, contribute. I mean,
0: no, no doubt. No, yeah. he's having a good year. I mean, uh it you know, it's not showing in the, the W's column, but he's having a good year. And he's not like taking a step. he's actually shooting better and he's not averaging quite as many points, but I mean, that's also because Fred Van Vliet's pretty much the focal point of the offense now. Right. Uh, So Kyle Lowry between those two teams, where do you pick? And is there another team that should throw their name in the hat?
1: Well, the Clippers would love to get into that, but they, they don't have the assets for it. They'd have to get a third team and I still don't think they have the assets for it. I've said Philly all along. Um he lives in Philly. Nova uh, in kid. Off-season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, here's the thing though. He lives in Philly in the offseason, but he's super tight with Jimmy Butler. And um, by the way, the Raptors are playing their season in Tampa, which is, you know, just a couple hours down the road from Miami. So um I've I've said Philly. It it sure seems like Miami is a team that's being a little bit more aggressive here if they have a deal that could be done. Um, I really wonder though what Daryl Morey's gonna say. I didn't get James Harden. I am not going to lose out. I'm getting Cal Lowry if he believes that that is a piece that will put him over the top.
0: Let's play GM. Let's play GM. Sure. Uh, names that that could move for him. So I think with Miami, I saw it was Duncan Robinson and perhaps Tyler Hero. Obviously, Kelly Olenek has to be included. That's one of their top contracts, like their their most uh, you know sizable contracts. So he'd probably have to be involved, correct?
1: I don't think Tyler Hero's involved. Duncan Robinson, who's going to be a free agent in the offseason, he is. Kelly Olynyk would be involved in it as well. And then um, I think either Precious...
0: Precious Achua. Yep. Yeah,
1: or um, or uh, KZ Okpala. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: one of the young players. Yep. One
1: of the young players would be involved in that. And then they would they'd have to try to include the picks. Like, they might have to do a secondary deal to get a protection off a first-round pick that the Thunder have as well removed. So yep. there's there's different things there. So that would basically be the piece that they would be going with. And then if you're Philly, um, I think that the guy that, that Toronto would want in that deal is somebody they do not want to give up, and that's Tyrese Maxey. So it would be a piece around him, and then Danny Green would be involved in another in piece. Yeah, you would
0: have to make the numbers work there.
1: Right. So I, I think the Sixers have a better stomach if they said, we'll give you Thibel, but we don't want to do Maxey. Remember, they didn't want to do Maxey in the deal for James Harden. So, so now you're telling me you want to throw Maxey in for a deal for Kyle 34-year-old Lowry?
0: Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, so um, I think that's where we're at, and I think we could get to a point where there's a game of chicken where Miami offers... You know, their package, you know, that has one of the younger guys as Duncan Robinson and, you know, trade assets to, to match it up with a Linux or um, maybe a Guadalupe gets involved in that. And then, you know, Toronto goes back to Philly and goes, So this is what Miami's offering. If you want to top that, it has to include Tyrese Maxey. And then it comes down to Philly saying, We're not going to do that, or, okay, we will uh, bite our lip heart and we'll throw them in.
0: They don't have the money to make it work, but I would love to see him on Milwaukee, too. Just saying. Mm-hmm. I, I think he'd be really good uh, coming off the bench for them. But also, you know, Kyle ha- making the money that he is, you know, bringing him off the bench. That's
1: that's tough, to, tough, to, tough, to,
0: justify, <laughs> tough to justify. Yeah, justify, that, that's no not going
1: to happen there. But I mean, I think that's what it comes down to is those two teams. Um, I've said Philly all along, so I'm not going to change, but it's starting to feel like Miami is the team that's a little bit more aggressive. So that would have Philly possibly looking else, or maybe they get involved in the Norm Powell. Maybe they would get involved in Lonzo ball talks because, and I'm sure we're going to get to that, but there's plenty of teams that are interested in Lonzo. And I don't even know if we really have a good read and how aggressive the Pelicans are in shopping him. Like, do they want to, it seems let's, like there's, let's split. get there. Let's
0: get there. Yeah. Screw saying let's get there. Yeah. Let's actually talk about it now. Yeah.
1: So I, I think the Pelicans are like split. I think there's some people within their organization say Lonzo's a great fit next to um Zion. We're gonna keep him, but we have to pay him, you know, coming up next season. It's we gonna be to,
0: something around 20 million as well.
1: Yep. Or are we gonna cash in on him right now because there are plenty of suitors that are interested in him? You know, the Blazers are interested, the Nuggets are interested. Um, like I said, I you
0: know, there's the Sixers there's, are interested, they're well.
1: interested, you know. So I mean there's there there is a hefty, hefty um trade market for Lonzo Ball right now. Because and, there should be. Uh, absolutely, there should be. I think the Clippers will be interested in him. I, I said this before. I know that they, they're they not in talks or supposedly I don't think they're in talks. But I'll tell you what, man, uh, Lonzo Ball is exactly what the Lakers need right now. I and, knew you were
0: going to say that.
1: <laughs> it ain't going to happen. The um,
0: irony. The I irony. Mean, I,
1: I, I think that uh, Lonzo Ball and Golden State would be something. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the defense, he can shoot up tempo defense. He's a it's funny because like he has point guard skills, but I think he's better when he's not the true point guard when he plays off ball, where he can still exhibit some of those skills, but he doesn't have the responsibility of being the primary ball handler. Um so I mean there's there's plenty of suitors that are out there if if they really want to shop him. Yeah, and, and Chicago's another team as well that has been linked to him too.
0: Yeah, they and they've been linked to him for quite some time yeah. too. That 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 started before you know the the trade market heated up for Lonzo
1: mm-hmm. and Miami as well because if it, say they don't get Cal Lowry, maybe they'd be like, well, Lonzo Ball is would not be uh, a bad guy to get in here. He would definitely be uh, an upgrade.
0: So if I plugged our very own, um, Nikias Duncan, did a great breakdown of Lonzo uh, this week. Uh, basically talking about a development, how his playing style has changed a little bit, uh, more of a play connector now than an initiator. Uh, obviously, his his three-point jump shot has gotten so much more consistent, and it's just flat-out better. Um, speculatively, he mentioned the Memphis Grizzlies, the Miami Heat, and the New York Knicks as some some teams that could make sense for his skill set. Again, this is speculative, and this is just, thinking from his own brain the teams that he's actually been linked to we mentioned and uh the atlanta hawks is another one that we did not talk about but uh those three teams that he feels would be a good fit for his skill set um so make sure you go check that out on basketballnews.com because it was a really good job um but lonzo is in high demand we know that
1: he is i i'm of the belief that i think the pelicans are going to hold on to him but he is in high demand like it's mm-hmm. I i he feels like he's just such a good fit. He's flourished there. Like his game has come around. The shooting coach there has really changed his shot. And um, I don't care what his dad says. Um, he's a good fit there next to Zion. He really is. And I, I guess it just depends on what the Pelicans look at this and saying, let's sell high on this guy rather than and, and save our money for other things that we have to do.
0: Yep. Let's do the role reversal here, Brian. You pick out one of the subjects and ask me.
1: Oh, how about perennial uh we're talking with everybody and we're dipping our toe in the water and we're gonna make a deal and we don't make a deal Boston wait Celtics. wait
0: wait oh, I was gonna say don't say the name I could have I could have guessed it like Jeopardy well,
1: I could have said that you could have your Orlando magic would have been a correct answer there as well but <laughs> <laughs>
0: man I don't know I don't know uh this team is is maddening um you know we had heard some random things about brad stevens and the indiana hoosiers uh if that doesn't show the the direction of where the franchise is going i don't know what does
1: can we call um, them team turmoil at this point
0: God, oh golly man I, I have no idea you know how it's gone south so quickly um it's it's because of you know the the iso ball it's because of the the injuries and the COVID protocols and, and it just kind of all meshed together there but at the same time i'm looking at it and i'm like okay jason tatum missed like, seven games like this is a this we're, we're well into halfway through the season and that should not make a huge difference that should not make the difference that it has made uh nor has you know Marcus Smart missing out for that chunk of the season big deal yes absolutely um but should this talented of a team be under 500 by no stretch of the imagination hell no hell no so they've had all
1: kinds the- of problems behind the scenes, like a missing Marcus Smart, who is a team leader and kind of the glue on that team has really hurt them. Tristan Thompson has not panned out the way that they had hoped this year. And plus, he keeps missing games due to protocols. He's, you know, he's not going to play again tonight. So we're taping this on a Wednesday. Um, so there's all kinds of problems there. because they thought that he was going to be like a missing link on this team when it comes to bigs. And he has not been that.
0: I mean, it's just kind of frustrating from their standpoint. You know, it's a lot of iso ball. And again, I I don't mean to keep going back to basketballnews.com, but Ethan Fuller did a great breakdown of how they're playing iso ball, and they're they're literally just dribbling the ball, and they're not moving it. And one of the the culprits of that is one of their best players, and that's Jason Tatum. Uh, you know they they have. Kemba Walker, who's clearly ups and downs, but for the most part of the season has not been himself. Uh, you know, he's missed time. Same thing. Jeff Teague, uh, they brought in to be this this really solid veteran backup, and he just looks awful. Uh, you know, he's coming off of a twenty six point effort, but at the same time, like all season long, it's just not been it's not been good. So they, they need to be able to depend on some of these other guys because Jason and Jalen can only do so much when they're going one-on-one. You need to have a little bit more of a free-flowing offense. The, what we're used to seeing with Brad Stevens kicking out to the corners to guys like Ojale and getting you know threes off at, at a good rate, we've always kind of felt like they didn't have the right piece at center. Um, and maybe one of those bigs could solve a problem that are in the market. Who knows? Uh, I think Daniel Tice has done an okay job. I don't don't think he's done bad, Uh, but they have been linked to multiple players. Uh, Aaron Gordon beating one of them. Uh, You have Harrison Barnes, even though that the Kings are kind of downplaying those talks. I think Barnes would be a good fit for the Celtics. Uh, Justin, somebody to, to write the ship Uh, Barnes more valuable than Gordon in the sense of Barnes has been to finals. He knows what it takes to get there. Um, He's learned from the best of the best, and I think that he would help kind of that that younger-ish locker room, um, you know, find that out. Uh, And I know that was supposed to be Tristan Thompson's job, Um, and and remember, this is Tristan's first season that he hasn't been a Cavalier, so that adjustment is probably something in and of itself mentally. Uh, if he's not doing the right things, uh, you know, off the floor, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not certain of the situation over there. Uh, saw a report that that he might, you know, not be as welcome in that locker room. Jalen Brown did respond to that rumor and say it was a lie. Uh, but just in speaking about what's been going around, you know, it's probably, you know, been a, a, a not so good season for Tristan. Um but a guy like a Harrison Barnes, I think could really turn things around there Uh, just from a let's cool it guys. We have a lot of season left Uh, and on the court somewhere where I think Barnes is completely underrated uh, just as somebody on the block able to do really well with his matchups, um, stretch the floor, score the ball, get to the line. Like he's, He's a really underrated player. And I think that p- people don't talk about him quite as much because of where he was picked and the expectations coming out of college. But I think Harrison Barnes would be a really good fit uh, for that Celtics team. Aaron Gordon, I don't know. Um, on this front, I, I don't know what Aaron Gordon is. Maybe that's because he plays for the Magic and you know they have a certain style. They're very defensive-oriented. They're not... An offensive powerhouse Nor have they been since he's been There Um, So I'm not really familiar With What his capabilities truly are One night I'll see him go off For 36 points and the next He'll have 12 Um, You know rebounding uh, Isn't Like his You know best suit Uh, You know defensively he has the Size and has the switchability um you know he's a better shooter now uh and he's been working his tail off on that end uh but i just i still don't know what aaron gordon is if that makes any sense
1: well, I think that's one of the things that teams look at is like, they believe they can lock him that.
0: And he's still, and he's still only 25, right? Six, seven years experience.
1: I think there's some teams that look at him and say, Hey, this is what he needs to be. He's a, he's a good defender. He's a guy that could probably defend four positions on the court. Let's let's focus on that. Let's get him out in transition where he can finish. He can use us, his athleticism, he's a guy that can be a good screen and roll guy. He's a guy that we don't know us have necessarily have to run plays for, but you know, he can shoot you know when needed um different things like that and he hasn't been utilized in all of those different ways down in Orlando as much so I think there's some teams that, that feel like if we get this guy we can truly play him to his potential but that's what it's been so far his potential but you know when you talk about the Celtics I mean the word is that it would take two first round picks I'm like that's a lot for a guy that we're still talking potential about you know like and would Boston considering how many times that they've held back when it comes to offering, you know, picks, would they really offer that much, you know, when it comes to an Aaron Gordon? I I'm I'm with you when it comes to Harrison Barnes. I think he would be a fantastic fit there, but it sure sounds like Sacramento is not going to let him go. And then the other name that I don't know that,
0: why.
1: I how many times do we have to I talk Cuz I don't know
0: what what are the Kings? I don't I don't know what the Kings. Are. Oh, I'll, I and uh, and, 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 and you know, standings um, right
1: now, the Kings are 18 and 25. Uh, that would put them 13th in the West.
0: And they would be what, like seventh seed in the East?
1: Uh, yeah, something like that. So I'm I mean kidding. I mean, how many times have we talked about with them? Like, hey, I understand you're frustrated that you want to make the playoffs. However, you don't have the pieces there yet. You've got you've got a great rookie in Tyrese Halliburton, you've got De'Aaron Fox, you've got some other parts. But you know what? You've got a piece. You've got a couple of pieces that if you made available, you could get something for that could really help you in the future, especially considering like the draft class that's coming out this year. Like even if you make the playoffs this year, you're, you're getting into the play in tournament and that's probably it. You know, maybe, maybe you win that. And then you get smoked in the first round by the Utah jazz. So, or the Phoenix suns, by the way. So, um, You're not going anywhere. And I know there's something about, well, they at least want to get that experience. I'm like, but you can, you have value on your team that you can get something for. So put this guy on the open market because you can get a lot for Harrison Barnes, but they just don't seem inclined to do that.
0: So here's how it goes with me for the Kings. If you're not going to put Harrison Barnes on the block, then do something with Marvin Bragley. Do something with Rashawn Holmes, who's having a career year.
1: That's you know, another like guy that's been talked Buddy about Like it, you know,
0: like somebody, one of those guys, one of them.
1: Buddy Heald makes a lot of money, but I think he could be moved. I think there would be teams that would pony up to match that, but I, I just don't think that's going to happen right now.
0: You know what's, you know what's crazy? Um, Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald are the same age. Are they really? They're both twenty-eight. Yep.
1: How is that possible? Buddy Heald doesn't feel like he's twenty-eight.
0: He is 28 years old. (laughs) Isn't that crazy?
1: Well, Uh, when it comes to the Celtics, so the other guy that has been associated with them is Aaron Gordon's teammate in Orlando and Evan Fournier, who's on the final year of his deal. And, you know, I guess he's let it be Scrap
0: this era, Orlando. Just scrap it.
1: He's let it be known behind the scenes, like, I'm not re-signing here in the offseason. And by the way, when it comes to Aaron Gordon, the Athletic even reported earlier this week that he told the Magic in February, like, Get me a trade, get me out of here. So, you know, Orlando is like we said before, one of those teams that every year we wonder is this going to be the year they actually trade some of their guys and they don't? I think they're going to trade both of those guys. I'm not, you can't
0: lose them for nothing.
1: You can't, you I can't. mean, Fournier has to be traded, and it the smoke signals are too strong right now for Aaron Gordon not to be moved. I mean, Gordon. You could talk about the Celtics. The Blazers sound like they they would love to get him. The Nuggets have talked about him um, as well. I The Nuggets have also talked about Fournier as well. And that would be a return. He would just come uh, right back home. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're suitors for both those guys. I, I think that they both will be traded. It's just um what is going to be the fit and how aggressive is Boston going to be. There's There's been some talk that Boston has tried to put together a deal where they wouldn't have to use their big trade exception. But there's multiple parts that would go into that, but it would also be for both Fournier and Gordon.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. That By means way, Tristan Thompson why, why, will be on the move. Why not use that trade exception, huh? What's the that I think, trade exception? I, it's, not, I, it's not used for anything. We don't need it.
1: I think they want to find a way to piece some things together right now to where they can yeah. keep the flexibility of that in the offseason because they right. don't have free you know, they don't, they don't have any cap space. so. But I, I agree with you. I'm like, you got to use it. Don't use all of it. Use part of it. Then fine.
0: Yeah. Just any any way you can use it. Just utilize it. Uh, I believe for one of those deals that was rumored with Aaron Gordon or Evan Fournier going to Boston. I don't know which one it was. But one of them had Marcus Smart going to Orlando.
1: Yes. which And that's another point of contention supposedly in Boston because there are some people that have said, how dare you put Marcus Smart in this deal? Like, what would that do to the locker room here?
0: Oh, it would it would be very killer, but at the same time, you look at the contract and you look that he's going into the offseason, or not he's not going into the offseason. Sorry. He's got two years left on the deal. Um, but I feel like this is gonna be you know extension time again here soon.
1: Wouldn't uh, um so- when it comes to Marcus Smart, though, he's not a fit in Orlando because there'd be rebuilding. I would think that Marcus Smart would almost have to be flipped to a third team, whether it's now or in the off season. Cause like, can you imagine if a team say like, I don't know how they would do it. So I'll just throw a name out there, which is, I hate doing this to some extent, but could, could the, could the Milwaukee bucks put together a piece to get him for uh, smart. Yeah.
0: I'm sure. I mean, you know, Den- a team could, could do it. I, I mean,
1: I, Denver could do a deal to get him. Um, I mean, there would, there would be teams. I would be interested.
0: I kind of, dream of what Orlando would work like with Marcus Smart because I feel like he's the perfect piece for a Steve Clifford team.
1: He is, like, but I don't think Marcus him, would want to be there. I that's, I that's think fair. wants no, no part of that.
0: Hey, no, he might not, uh but I'm just thinking, you know, hypothetically of a Marcus Smart, Jonathan Isaac, um, you know, defensively, uh how good that team could be. Uh just just from that that perspective. Right. But, You're right. You're right. I mean, Marcus Smart might not be interested in that at this point of his career. You know, he just turned 27 recently, um, you know, in his seventh year now. Mm -hmm. So he could probably be looking for more uh, just from a perspective of wanting to not be a part of something that's building and something that's already established instead.
1: Right. So let's talk about Victor Oladipo because he's been another big name that's been linked to a lot of different teams. Boy, has he. And it, it seems like a certainty that the Rockets are going to move on to him considering he's a free agent in the offseason. They you know, they offered him that two-year extension, and he said, no, thank you. Um, I don't know how much money he's going to get on the open market considering he's been so up and down and dealing with injuries and, and whatnot. But he seems like he is going to definitely be on the move. It's just where. And the talk now is that, like, there are teams that are interested, but they're like, I don't want to spend too much money for that guy or picks. I don't want to have to give up a lot for a guy because – I don't know if I'm going to keep him. Um, It's more like I want to get him, and maybe he can help me in the stretch run, or maybe I can give him a tryout, you know, to see how he does the rest of the year. And then we'll figure out what we want to do in the off season. Cause like the Miami heat have talked about him, but I think they're kind of lukewarm interest in him at this point.
0: Old Depot's but, already been very vocal or that's not. That's where he wants but, to go, but, you know, yeah. like, but he very, is very, very
1: uh,
0: linked yes. to that place. Uh, he has told
1: he people that's him. where he would like to be. Um, yes. You know, the Knicks are another team that's supposedly interested in Oladipo. Um, So, I mean, there are suitors. But I think everybody's sitting there going, I want him. I'm not going to overpay for him. So, I want to see what everybody else is offering. And then I can, you know, tell you what I'm offering. Because he ain't going to stay in Houston. And by the way, on a total side note, when the Rockets made that deal for James Harden, they had Karis Levert.
0: And I was th- just gonna mention that. They
1: flipped him to Indiana to get to Depot. This is going to go down as a debacle of a trade. I mean, you're always in a tough spot when a superstar player demands a trade in the middle of the season and you do it, but that is not a um that is not going to go down as a good deal, especially for um, you know, new management in Houston and uh trying to get off on the right foot.
0: Yeah. No, and maybe they thought that Old Depot would be all on board with it. You know, they had they did have some momentum going when they traded for him, um, just with the way Christian Wood was playing. Uh, John Wall was on top of the world, you know, like so maybe they thought in their head like, oh, maybe Vic will be a good part of this and going forward. And we'll kind of find that middle ground, you know, that that purgatory that everyone else tries to avoid. But uh, this team being just like in a winning mindset clearly after a 20-game losing streak that they just snapped, by the way. So congratulations to them. I know Steven Silas, I'm very happy for him because it was really weighing on him. Um, but clearly that was not the case. So I don't know where old depot fits. I, wasn't he also... Linked to Orlando? going, just going is, back which to would the be Magic weird team.
1: for him to go back there because remember when he was... Awkward, right? But he got drafted by Orlando. They didn't know how to use him, so they tried to make him into a point guard. And then he he never fit, so they traded him to Indiana. And the next thing you know, he blossomed there when he was taken off. Trade him to OKC. Or, then excuse then OKC, OKC yes. yes. So that's where he blossomed. So, um, yeah, that, that would be kind of a, a weird coming home.
0: Very weird very awkward, too, I would think.
1: Let me talk about (laughs) another point guard that his name has come up and I don't know how much I believe this because we talked about the Pacers and there was some smoke being thrown around them, but there has been some more talk about teams at least being interested, and that's Malcolm Brogdon. So... I just don't see him being on the market, but... No chance. There are no. teams that are interested. Um, I of course Chris, there's
0: teams that are interested. He's, well, like, just really good. Chris Mannix
1: <laughs> from Sports Illustrated is saying that the Hawks have called up the Pacers trying to get him. Now, he's still owed $44 million over the next two years. Okay.
0: Um, I'm thinking to myself right now, I'm um, like, what, what do the Hawks have to offer? Because we know that John Collins is still on rookie scale. Uh-huh. Um also at the same time if you send John Collins back, you're probably sending Miles Turner or something back because you're not going to have John Collins, Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis Not happening.
1: Right. And by the uh, way, when uh, it comes to the Hawks, you know, there's been so much talk about John Collins. I don't think he's going to be on the move. He's getting along better with everybody there, especially Trey young. He did an impassioned speech the other night saying how he not only wants to stay with the Hawks this year, but he wants to be there his entire career. Um, and he's playing really good. I mean, the Hawks are playing exceptional ball right now. I mean, hell they're up to the freaking four seed. Um, you know, they, they dropped the game, but before that they won eight in a row, I think now. Yep. So, you know, Coach McMillan,
0: seed. I mean, just talk about the Hawks sticking it to me and, You know, to an extent, yeah. I was going to say, like...
1: I mean, what you know what's funny? Because one guy, I can't imagine them putting him in this deal because for Indiana, I would think that they'd probably want a little bit more flexibility. But when it comes to the Hawks, one name that has been bounced around a little bit is Bogdan. Yes. And that's an interesting one because, like, they thought, like, he was going to be such a great fit there. And, like, he had the injury problem, and he came back, and he's coming off the bench, and he hasn't been a fit so far. So I don't know if Indiana would want to take on that money because he still owed, you know, three more years, um, but it's at a lower number, you know, per year than, than Brogdon. I, I don't know what trading Malcolm Brogdon would accomplish. So I highly doubt that, but man, if, if he became available, and I know he's had injury problems, but man, he'd be coveted around the league. I mean, you can get a, a bevy for him. I would think.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's he just, he's just a very smooth player. He's a really good defender.
1: The Um, Lakers would be going. I know we can't trade a pick until 2027. Take 27, take 29, take Schroeder. I just take THT. Like, I think they would. That's the only deal they'd make THT available. That
0: had to be some sort of leak from the inside. Yeah. I have no idea how that.
1: The one guy. Yeah. The one guy that seems like could get traded by the Pacers is Aaron Holiday, who's kind of fallen out of the rotation and you know, he might have some value around the league. So, I mean, that, you know, because he's not making much money, like that could be a spot where maybe the Clippers get involved because they're looking for point guard help, you know. Uh, I'll throw you, by the way, when it comes to point guards, I'll throw you a cheap one out there that I think could get interest in either LA team, Austin Rivers.
0: Okay, yes. And we know that Tibbs has not played him uh, since the acquisition of Derrick Rose.
1: He's not uh, making big quickly. money. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so no, I could, right. I could easily see him being on the Bio move. market. Or, yeah, uh, I well, I mean, you don't have to give up that much to trade him. So I think they would probably try to, to do that first, obviously. But um, I'm I'm looking up his contract right now because I saw it the other day. But I think it's like three million, and like only next year is partially guaranteed, or none of it's guaranteed. Um, Jeez. yeah, that's what it is. He's it's um. He's making three point one. He signed a three year nine point nine or three years ten million dollar deal, basically. But the next two years are not guaranteed.
0: Okay, got so,
1: it. So, I mean that that could be something where you know he could he could get moved on the cheap. So
0: yeah, that's no, that's a good option because nobody's
1: think. talking about him that much. And you know when it comes to Clippers and their hunt for a point guard, I mean we can sit here and we can talk about oh man they Kyle Lowry would be a great fit or man they get Lonzo Ball for another ball handler, but. You know, Ricky Rubio is somebody that's been named to him. I think they would have to be a third team because Ricky's making some money this year. He
0: is. He's making quite a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. George Hill has been talked about. And I guess the... George Hill's and, a little
0: easier to, to go for. Right.
1: And I think I, I think that the Thunder are going, man, George is available for a second-round pick. It doesn't cost that much. You know, come on. Let's come pony on up. Come, come on with it. Come on with it. You know, we could use here in OKC. Another second-round pick. Mm. You know, um, so... Uh, you Politics. know they they've talked about you know Al Horford, but I don't think he's going to be on the no, move. No, in the money, and I think OKC likes him just kind of yeah. as a a mentor kind of guy there. Sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, George Hill makes nine and a half, and then next year's only partially guaranteed. So um, you know he's going to be had for you know I think he he feels like he's going to be on the move. OKC does not have a track record of buying out guys, so I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the only other interesting name that's kind of been out there is Laurie marketing I think. And mm-hmm. if Chicago really wants, to move. I, I feel
0: like we we uh, we've
1: talked about him before. Talked I talked
0: about that, and we're still just kind of like, there's something here, and he's young, right? Like, I mean,
1: you got to pay him, you know. But like, and he's had injury problems, but you with his, there's
0: definitely something here. Like, would,
1: would you rather take a chance on Aaron Gordon or Laurie marketing Lowry. Me too. Uh,
0: even though this year they're shooting uh, comparable from deep, I think Markin is more. Uh, he's definitely not more athletic, but he is younger by two years. Um, mm-hmm. He is somebody that can score consistently. He rebounds just as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably got the deficiency on on the defensive end. I think Aaron Gordon wins that battle. But it just—I guess it just depends on your team need. Uh, I yeah. would take—I would take marketing because, and if you want to bring up the injury history, fine. But has Aaron Gordon not had injury history too? I feel like he, he's on and off the court as well. Right. So I it, feel like it's comparable. I think it, it's not that big of a, a gap.
1: In marketing, you don't find seven footers that can shoot like that and can run up and down the court like that and move as easily as he can. So there's there's a lot of different things you can do with them. So. um by the way, we haven't talked about Brooklyn and it seems like you'd think like they're all done with their moves unless they get buyout market, but they do have one tantalizing contract that's out there. And that's Spencer Dinwiddie, who yes, who can, he, you know, he can opt out of his deal next year. Um, he makes, what was it, About 11, $12 million, but mm-hmm. he's out for the rest of the year. Well, that's not true. The next for the
0: regular season.
1: Yeah. The nets will tell you he could come back later on this year, like very late or for the postseason, But, um, you're not counting on him probably until next year, but that's something because Dinwiddie is liked around the league as well. And rightfully so that they could get another piece for. And that's, you know, we talked about Norm Powell, like, like the Nets need more offense, but that, that has been talked about like a a Dinwiddie for Powell. That would be a
0: great move for Toronto.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I mean, what, what other teams are sitting there going, let's invest in the future a little bit and let's trade whatever salary and let's get Spencer Dinwiddie in here.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a good question. Who needs? Uh,
1: well, I who guess needs a good combo year. guard?
0: Yeah, like I said. I guess not for this year.
1: Atlanta for next year?
0: Sure, Atlanta, um, Charlotte. Nah, there's too many guards there right now. Yeah, I'm
1: even sure though, the Clippers would love to get them, but the Clippers aren't giving up assets because they're in the win now mode. Golden uh, State, for the
0: future for the future for the future for the future.
1: Would That's you like a, a Would you like a Kelly Oubre for Spencer Dinwiddie? I mean that. Would, I don't think that makes sense for Brooklyn, though. I don't think Kelly Oubre is a good fit there. I don't think so either. I, we didn't even mean, talk about him, but I think he could be Ooh. Gonzo here too. I mean, I like right how now. Steve Kerr talked him up, going, "He's coveted around the league."
0: Milwaukee, I say Milwaukee again.
1: There you go, Milwaukee.
0: Oh man, this is. Philly. Now you got me. Now you got me. Spen, I mean, not,
1: Brooklyn's not making a deal with Philly right now, but no, I mean, no. that, that, that fit would be pretty good. No, hundred um, percent.
0: Yeah, I know. I think we've named off quite a bit. That's a good By question. Way, it, I, but, but Spencer Dinwiddie should be coveted.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, outside of any players, we'll look to the buyout market. We, we talked about, you know, Drummond, you know, um, oh, by the way, we haven't even talked about JaVale McGee, who I think could be traded as well. I don't think he's going to be bought out. I mean, you, you have a better grasp on that.
0: Hey, from what I understand, uh, the only way he's getting moved is by trade. If yeah. he doesn't get traded at the deadline, he's not getting bought out.
1: So buyout guys. Because
0: yeah. because the Cavs locker room really appreciates him. Um, yeah. He's having a good time right now. Uh, just
1: he's really really playing. Yeah.
0: Uh, mentoring Jared Allen, mentoring the young guards. Um, he's been a really good presence there. And uh, yeah, from my understanding, uh, if he's not dealt that, he's not going anywhere. Yeah.
1: And he doesn't make that much money. And he's no, you know, no. on the final year. Of his They'll take
0: a, the, I'll tell you, Cleveland will take a second rounder for him though. If, if that's the case, like, sure.
1: I mean, right. that, that's a guy I could see, like I could see Brooklyn going after him. I, why hasn't Boston been linked to him more?
0: I, I don't know. I don't know what Boston's deal is, man. I, I can't explain it. You know, is Charlotte Danny, is, would make, Charlotte makes sense. Um, for is JaVale, Danny even been
1: spending too much time at the Chipotle around the corner?
0: Now you make me want to get a burrito.
1: I do love me Killing. some Chipotle. You, you know that story that da- Danny ain't loving in some Chipotle, right? I don't. Oh, there's a, there's a Chipotle like right around the corner from their office. They eat there all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry that I know that. So that, uh, <laughs> hey, who, le- who
0: leaked that who leaked that information i heard that about <laughs> a
1: year ago though man come on no, bio guys too like
0: yeah let's get in about so,
1: so i mentioned sure. drummond i meant nobody's talked about Rolo, but i kind of wonder about that otto porter jr who's he's making a, a
0: lot of money though I mean, was he really million.
1: um but i mean he he's leave anything on the table the injuries and he's been up and down but he would be a guy that i like, don't
0: know why chicago i can i go back to my scenario again Please two, two guys that might get bought out uh, and leave money on the table. How about neither of them leave money on the table and they just swap auto Porter jr. Roger Drummond. It's easy. It's not hard. And you I mean, keep your bird rights. Both of you.
1: If auto Porter jr. Gets bought out. um, I'm going to tell you, man, like the heat, In the Lakers are gonna be probably right there in the front of the line.
0: Oh, he's certainly useful. When he's healthy, he's a good player. Right. Everybody looks at the contract and decides the 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 value or how good a player is. We have to remember what they did to earn that contract in the first place. I mean like they he's he can play the game.
1: He can. He's had a tough year with the injuries and everything. He's been up and down, but you know, there's gonna be teams that say for what we have to gamble on this guy, yeah, I'll take that risk. I mean, what's the worst case that we do? We we cut him or something, you know? So, um, JJ Reddick, it feels like he's going to get bought out. For anybody that thinks that he's going to go out on the West Coast and start chucking for the Golden Purple, it ain't going to happen. JJ's no. going to stay in the East Coast. Um, Boston, Philly, 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 Philly. I think Philly would it be. It makes the most right sense. There. Yeah, Boston or Philly would, and especially Philly, makes the most sense. Um, or the Knicks. <laughs> Philly makes the most sense, but I'm like, he's, he's going to stay in the East coast. He you know, he lives in Brooklyn. Um, I don't know if he would go there. I don't know if he'd be a great fit there. I mean, Hey, you can always use more shooting, but um, I think they've got their bases covered in the backcourt when it comes to shooting. Um, so Philly would probably be the fit there, especially if they made a deal and like Danny green got traded. Yeah. Then, then he would be a nice addition there, but um let me just, without recapping any of this, let me ask you this because we're sitting here a day before the deadline. Lowry, traded or not? Traded. I agree. Oladipo. Traded. Yes. Gordon. Not traded. I'm going to say traded. Okay. Fournier. Traded. Traded. Marcus Smart. Not traded. Not traded. Yeah. Uh, KCP. Not traded. Not traded. Montrose Harrell. Not traded. Not traded. Norman Powell. Traded. 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 Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm going to say not traded.
0: Yeah, I'll go with not traded as well. Yeah.
1: Harrison Barnes. Not traded, <laughs> Laurie Markkinen. Traded. I'm going to say not traded. Okay. And George Hill. Traded. Traded. Yes, got to be. I think. Yes. 100%. So, who else? Is there anybody else that we're missing? Um, that's a solid name.
0: Let's say Andre.
1: I'm. I'm convinced Drummond is uh, looking at property in the lake in LA. Cause he's going to be a lake.
0: <laughs> there you go. Him, I still, he, I still think, I still think Altman pu- pulls a rabbit out of his hat. I, I think know. that I just, he's getting
1: ready to call Dennis Schroeder and say, who's your agent? Cause I know you just bought property out here.
0: <laughs> you mentioned Ricky Ruby. I'm going to say not
1: traded. Same with me. I Lonzo ball. Let's see how the other big one.
0: Mm, not traded.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say not traded as well. I mean, he's going to get a lot of interest, but some reason I just feel like he's gonna be sticking around.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and say no chance in hell any of those pacers we mentioned are traded.
1: The only one I can see moved is Aaron Holiday. That's it.
0: I was gonna say between Sabonis and Brogdon.
1: Yeah, hell no. Sabonis. They'd be insane to do they that. They would be insane. They'd that would be, be absolutely
0: the, the closest person they could possibly trade is probably Miles Turner, and that's because of the the fit or whatever that they've always talked about with Sabonis, but at the same time, right? Doesn't seem like that's happening.
1: And I think there's a better chance of Vooch being traded from the Magic than there is a Sabonis being traded by the Pacers. There you go. And I don't think there's really any chance that Vooch is getting traded. All right, that
0: That wraps up the deadline talk. Uh, Just a few things that we also want to mention. We already mentioned that LeBron suffered a high ankle sprain and Bede also suffered a a tough injury uh, a couple weeks ago, and he's been out. Um, But then... Uh, we also have Lamelo Ball, who's out for quite some time with a fractured wrist. He's not out for the season. Four uh, weeks he, it he had like. he had a in uh, a surgery on Tuesday, and there was optimism that he'd be able to um, come back possibly. So we'll see where that goes. Um, you know, I I hate you know talking about this as a result of that, but uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, obviously in question maybe um, with Tyrese Halliburton and Anthony Edwards uh, on his, on his heels. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that after, you know, deadline and buyout season is over and stuff next week. Same thing with the MVP race. When we mentioned LeBron and Embiid being out, you know, Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, Damian Lillard and Luca, probably a part of that conversation now. Luca's
1: killing it, man. He's back in the convo.
0: Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. Uh, but those are things we can talk about at the uh, next podcast.
1: And by the way, the word in the Lakers locker room is that LeBron will be out for a month. For everybody that says his superhuman powers that he has, he'll come back somehow from this high ankle sprain effort.
0: He's still he, Gumby. I don't care uh, what he's I don't care. Anything.
1: He is still incredible. But the the word around the Lakers is that he will miss a month Anthony Davis will be reevaluated on Friday, but I think the earliest that he comes back is two weeks because he would still have to ramp up. So I think you're looking for two to three weeks before Anthony Davis comes back, and then you're still looking at um, about four weeks before LeBron is back.
0: There you go. That's from, that's from the super Laker fan himself, mm. so you should believe it.
1: I'm gold mining for info all the time.
0: <laughs> all right, let's get ready for it. Trade deadline, it's on Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Let's get to it. It's going to be a fun, fun day. Once again, we are going on a live stream on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Basketball news, make sure you're following us. That's going to have me, Alex Kennedy, Nakias Duncan, Amanadon and Matt Babcock. We're going to be talking and reacting about every move and every rumor for that four-hour period. So make sure you go check out our show. Uh, it's going to be a good time. This podcast, by the way, a part of the basketballnews.com podcast network. We've got 10 other great podcasts for you to listen to, including this one. The Rex Chapman Show just had its second episode this week. It's got Jane Lynch from Glee and one of my first personal favorites, uh, from the 4 year old virgin, the, the manager on the on the store floor. <laughs> um, so that was the latest guest on the Rex Chapman Show. We had Del Curry last week. Neat and unfiltered with Kenyon Martin and Jada Kiss, The postcast with James Posey. Dishes and Dines with the ladies. The rematch with the Tom Thomas he just had Elijah Millsap on. Talking about that incident in Utah and about uh, what happened in that exit meeting. So make sure you check that out. It's his first public comments on the situation and on video, by the way. Uh, so, make sure you check that out. The Dunker Spot with Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr., the Alex Kennedy podcast. He just did a trade deadline wrap up or preview, I should say, with Mike Scotto, the Sheridan Show with Chris Sheridan, the follow through with Clips and Drew, and of course, your boys here at Keep It At 94, Spencer Davies and Brian Fritz. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Spin Davies. He is at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram at Spin Davies. He is on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. Give us a nice comment or give us a mean comment, whatever it is. Engagement helps us and it helps us grow. So we'll love you for that either way. And until the trade deadline and buyout season come to a close, we will talk to you next week.